Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your host, Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we're going totally tubular, dude. We're talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, as well as our top five favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle things from any medium movies tv you name it it's eligible let's see how that goes later on but joel are you a turtle head as much as i am damn right <laughs> i always like leonardo oh that's so boring Raphael all the way i know in retrospect it is but <laughs> i think i like blue <laughs> and swords so yeah i mean leo's cool actually it's like counter counter coolness like the guy that no one wants to pick that's the one that's the best yeah <laughs> but yeah so Ninja Turtles obviously I'm a huge fan have been as most kids our age are a huge fan my whole life and yeah we talked about the original reboot of the the series Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014 yeah. We reviewed it on here as well as that was the only time me and Casey were were ever a guest on another movie podcast on the sound sound on site. Wait, sound and site. Sorry, guys, but they're <laughs> they are out of business, so I guess they won't be too offended. I think it's sound and site. I like that podcast, and we were on there talking about the Ninja all all the Ninja Turtle movies, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But that was a movie. What did you? You weren't on the show when we did that. So what did did you ever see the first Michael Bay produced reboot? Um, I don't know if I ever finished it. I know I attempted to watch it a few times. So that's more than a lot of people could say. I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember liking aspects of it. I liked the turtles themselves and their camaraderie between each other and the way they interacted and some of the action set pieces I thought were pretty cool but definitely a disappointment and probably the weakest of the bunch as far as Ninja Turtle movies go but totally agree (laughs) I was a little bit looking forward to this second one because the trailers made it look like they're going to pander directly to my heart with the, yep. with all the animated series stuff and and just everything they know that Ninja Turtle fans are looking for. They're going to shove into this movie as much as possible. So I was, I was ready for it. I didn't rush out to see it in theaters, but I was had a little bit of excitement when I switched it on at home. I waited till today to watch it. So. <laughs> I don't blame you. So yeah, it has 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Was not critically acclaimed. I had it in the summer box office draft, and it did way worse than the first one did. I thought this was a slam dunk to make some money, and it was one of the bigger flops of the summer. So boo, hiss, that sucks. <laughs> but yep. there's a reason for that. <laughs> because the movie yes. is not very good but I don't think it's terrible either how about you? no actually there are a lot of parts of the movie I liked a lot more than I thought I would but 
overall, it's especially in the shadow of the turtles, it's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the turtles we deserve. No. Still, the things I like about the first one are still here, but just not as good. Like, I still like the turtles themselves for the most yeah, part. I was going to say I like the guys playing the turtles. I don't always like all their writing. Yeah, I, oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I do like the way they interact. And it's just, it's not quite as on point as the first one, which wasn't quite as on point as the previous ones. But yeah. it's still there. They are teenagers. I mean, they play as teenagers. Immature, like, 2000 teens, teenager types. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And the action set pieces, there's still a couple decent ones, but it's even fallen off from the last movie. It's... I really don't like how they move around. They're yeah. like Spider-Man. Yeah, for as big and bulky as they are, they should have a little more weight to them. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought they definitely did the action stuff better. Like, I liked when they were um, down a snowy hill in the first one. Like, all the different cool things they did there. Much better than anything that happened here. This was mostly generic stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, they were going for stuff. I didn't hate the action, but it just was very generic. Yeah. I I like the ideas, but the execute, like the, um, the turtle... Bus or whatever it was called. Hello, the turtle van. The turtle van, yeah, but it's like a garbage truck in this, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of that, but it didn't really end up looking that good. Yeah, that, I again. That's <laughs> all right. Let's get into the Panda Fest. Panda Fest 2016. They added. Casey Jones, what did you think? What did you think Crap. of Casey Jones? Jones, who was played by Stephen Amell, I think he's Green Arrow on the CW Terrible show. Terrible shit. Yeah, what a joke. Can't why con- is Casey Jones a cop? <laughs> yeah, and why is he like a twenty-year-old blonde-haired, like clean-shaven? <laughs> this is not Casey Jones. Casey Jones is Elias Coteus. Uh, yeah, long dark hair, grimy guy, like fighting behind the scenes. I don't know. This just is not Casey Jones to me. You gotta know the crumpet is understand cricket. <laughs> this is KC, the letters Jones, whatever that is. It's not. No, all right, that was terrible. But uh, yeah, Casey Jones was one of the best characters in the original movies. But that didn't work here. So next up on the the Pander schedule, we got Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh. Many people wondered why in Secret of the Ooze, the second Ninja Turtle movie back in 1991, why did they make Toka and Razar instead of just Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah, well, that was a great question. <laughs> great question. One of the best questions of this. If they should ask it at the debates tonight. But, uh, <laughs> well, that just time stamped us. What, uh, we're recording this ahead of time. Uh, yeah. Be- but Bebop and Rocksteady, here they are. And cartoony as hell. <laughs> but Yeah, still- actually, I mean, they're probably the most loyal 
to their original characters out of everybody. Yeah, I agree. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrendous. <laughs> it's actually, I liked it, like, in a knowingly, this is terrible, but I kind of dig it since, like... Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah, I mean, just terrible. These two goofs, and, and it's like a black guy with purple hair, and a like they clearly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a little on the news. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How about like they don't have to look exactly like the mutated version before they're mutated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was interesting. And that and even the question of like the second one, why do they make them Tokar Raza? Like I just didn't understand why they didn't just have the same name, even though they look the same like that. Yeah, but. exactly. Well, I guess here the difference is in in that one it was animals given ooze, and then they became uh, true. humanoid, and now this is humans becoming more animal like. What turtle game was the one that had those guys in it? Turtles in Time, or was it Turtles in Time? The, if no, that's no, the no, case, no. They had Bebop, Rocksteady, and no, you're right, you're right. It's uh, it was I think it was the second one for the NES. Uh, because yeah, it definitely was. That at the end of the first level is it's Bebop. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked Rocksteady more than Bebop in this. As far what actually I liked Bebop more before the transformation and I liked Rocksteady more after the transformation. Agreed. He just had more of a role to play in the action stuff. Uh they looked okay. The the whole movie is very cartoony. It's definitely not going for anything close to realistic here. Yeah. For me it's a great argument why going all CGI sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely agree. At least Toka and Razar were practical, like Jim Henson suits, you know. Yeah. And look great. Uh, but yeah, as cartoony as you could be, here's Krang in his suit. Least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Really? Yeah. Your least favorite part? Didn't even part? really have real weight to him. Oh, no, not at all. Nothing did. <laughs> Even when Rocksteady's chasing them and hitting cars up as he charges them, felt no weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, I kind of had a thing, because Krang had never been in a movie before, only the animated series. And yeah. it was kind of cool to see him, like that first scene at the very least. Like, I thought that was awesome. And how he's telling the suit to, put me back in, put me back in, damn it. Yeah. But then after that, he just comes becomes like kind of an exposition machine, and uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not great after his first initial appearance. Yeah, it's something about him I just didn't like. I thought they went a little. I don't know. He kind of looked like the guy from the one pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The tentacles. Yeah. Uh, I hate those movies, but I definitely know what you mean. Um, and what did you think about Shredder, though? Well, before we get to Shredder, I just want to mention oh, okay. another pandering thing. Baxter Stockman is in the building. Oh. Uh, <laughs> played by Tyler Perry, the, the wacky scientist. 
again, just uh, one of the main characters from the animated series that really, there was no reason he had to be in this movie. No. Because he didn't even make his patented mousers the highly dis- oh, disposable yeah. but weird robot creatures. Never, yeah, un- never understood <laughs> why he made them so small. If, yeah. he, if he really was trying to be effective, why did he make them so small? You got to start somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sh- the only thing missing here was the Rat King. Remember that character? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't find a way to make an appearance somewhere. Maybe it's an Easter egg. Maybe he's in there somewhere in the background. Oh, good call. <laughs> but yeah, Shredder. Let's get to Shredder. Because in the first reboot in 2014 they ruined shredder completely ruined him really yeah he was barely seeing the whole movie and then at the very end he's like an abomination of of the version the great version from the original movies like his suit he's like shooting blades is so bulky Uh, it just was not good at all for such an iconic villain yeah and they actually fixed it a little bit here. He's more of the traditional, oh, like out of nowhere, all of a sudden he's more yeah. <laughs> of the the guy from the original movies. And I was like, oh, cool. They act, all right. I mean, it's re- completely insane that all he went from that to this that fast. But hey, at least it's here. It'll work. And yeah, I was gonna say I re- kind of really liked him. Yeah, but he's gone a half an hour in. Crying yeah. disposes of him. It's like, what the fuck? You just fixed him, and now <laughs> you're getting rid of him? Didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. Um, I guess, what did you think of April O'Neil? She's still Megan Fox. <laughs> I mean, Megan Fox is hot, but I don't know. She's not yeah. really... Agreed. I mean, I understand they try to make April O'Neil kind of be like a little bit more modern, but I think they got her kind of got her wrong as a character. You think? Yeah, absolutely. It's not. She's not a reporter, first of all, right? She's. I don't. Oh, yeah, she is. She is a reporter. I'm thinking because of the sign, like she was in the lab and they were her turtles. Like that's not canon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just indicative of this whole entire rebooted franchise. New hotness. But I do like Vern. Vern is pretty good. (laughs) The uh, guy played by Will Will Forte. Not Will Forte, Will Arnett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Falcon because he took credit for all the stuff the Turtles did from the first movie. And he's sitting front courtside at the next (laughs) game. I mean, that's ridiculous how the Turtles are in the rafters and shooting spitballs at him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at least that's goofy fun. I thought it was one of the more cooler ideas. That was like one of the only things that would have been like that would have been cool in the old movies, like if they went to yeah the Knicks game or a hockey game or something like that. But yeah, use their ninja skills. To, yeah, I mean that was a good idea. I liked when this movie did stuff like that, where it's 
being lighthearted, goofy, silly, but fun, you know. And then when yeah. it kind of becomes more serious or tries to be more action-oriented, it's kind of just generic and feels like any other movie, mediocre movie. Yeah, I always kind of thought the Turtles are also kind of a little bit about being a New Yorker. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I like when like, they've always added stuff like that to the movie. They definitely don't have it for the most part in this. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's always been so good. Like, they're every bit as New Yorkers as the people that are above the sewers. Yeah. But they can't interact with the people. and Like, they know the streets. Like, they know the sewer system. Like, the real New Yorkers know the streets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and Raph's got, like, a Brooklyn kind of accent. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. A couple throw pillows, a TV news reporter. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leo. All right. I, uh, I did notice that Johnny Knoxville and Tony Shalhoub, gone. The only name voice actors from the first one, no longer with us. Johnny Knoxville was the voice of Leonardo in the first one, and he's huh. gone. And Tony Shalhoub was the voice of Splinter, and he's gone. I wonder why. Like, can't I can't believe I don't think they would turn down a easy paycheck to just do some voices. So they must yeah. have been trying to cut budget here and there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like Splinter. You didn't either way. So not really. No, he was terrible in the first one. Uh, not as much seen in this one, I don't think, from what I remember. Yeah. But, yeah, he, it's not great. I don't know. Um, what do you got? I what else you got? I do want to say, I, I do like some of the comedy throughout. I, I laughed out loud a handful of times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, like, little individual things. Like, like I said, I I did like the guys who were the Turtles, even though I thought their writing was limited. But, like, uh, like the part, like, I didn't even like this part that much, like, uh, when they're going out the plane. Oh, yeah, But yeah. there is the part where Donnie's just like, all right, we gotta go now, and he just falls, and Mikey turns around, and like, you know, he just jumped, right? And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just, like, the delivery of that, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, there's definitely cool moments like that, like... We've mostly talked about just the other stuff outside of the turtles, and all that stuff is even when it's good, it's bad. Yeah. But the, the stuff with the turtles themselves, some of it is actually pretty fun and pretty good. Like you mentioned, yeah, this their interactions, the delivery is well done a lot of the times, and that's the only saving grace whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what Whatever would, on this movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What would you give it? Um, I'd give it a five and a half. Uh, I was I was between heavy five, like five and a half. I'm gonna go five, flat five. Just I was a five and a half after watching it, but after thinking about it, sitting on it, talking about it, it's a five. Yeah, it's not I good. Mean, it's names pretty much carrying it to a five. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it wasn't, if I wasn't super nostalgic for the turtles, it'd probably be way lower. But yeah, it's definitely my least favorite of the all the turtles movies, all five of them. 
But let's talk about some turtle-related content that we did enjoy. Because growing up, we were obsessed with all this shit. We had the sheets, the pillowcases, the toys, the the anything. You, I dressed up as Leonardo for Halloween one time. Uh, any party, you had the plates, the napkins, all Ninja Turtle-related. It was, it was everything. It was yeah. my life. They were pretty big. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so instead of, there was no actors or anything or any genres that we could come up with for a top five. So we figured we've been through a lot, we've consumed a lot of turtle related content over the years. So why not just do a general catch all, any medium, movies, TV, whatever. What is our favorite things? And go ahead and kick it off. With your number five, Joel. Let's see. I guess my number five in general is the culture of it, the the merchandising and stuff. Like, I always have my fondest memories with. That's why you still see people with the Ninja Turtles shirts, like the reprinted ones, and I still have the Ninja Turtles pillowcase somewhere around here. I don't know. I, I my number five is sort of the all encompassing merchandising of it all yeah Not including the, the action figures will be later yes but yeah i my number five is the action figures the originals like the the first set the first series when it was just the basic leo raf donnie mike i think shredder splinter with the generic stuff like that was all i played with the most that and gi joe's and i would combine them together they would fight yeah with and against each other and, uh, yeah, that's my number five because from probably ages five to 25, no, uh, 12, I was playing with those things a lot. And, yeah. And even the later action figures, like, I know everything is monetized and they're just coming out with slight variants just to get more money from you, but I still, yeah. I, I still ate it up. There was definitely like a level of quality difference because sometimes you get those special versions of the turtles and they like barely move or I don't know. Just how many weird versions of the turtles did they come out with? Toys. I guess I'll, I'll put toys in my number five as well. So I was going to do them separately, but since right. we're talking about it, yeah, just combined. For sure. So what is your number four? My number four is the Ninja Turtles video games. Just, okay, yeah. In general, with most of my respect going to uh, Turtles in Time, of course. Timeless classic. Um, you remember that game, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we played it all the time. Hell yeah. What was the first? Some some two a.m. <laughs> yeah. I forget. And then he fought the. Uh, the oh yeah, the fly guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then uh, Technodrome. Their NES games were pretty right? iconic too, but extremely hard. 
like the the first Turtles game for NES was like kind of open world. Yeah. Oh my god, it's insanely hard too. It was like the, the hardest game. Incredibly hard. I can never get past the uh, swimming level when, I mean, because when you die, you're dead, and it's like that's it. There's no like resuming. Yeah. Insanely hard, but definitely like cool gameplay though. I mean, if you mastered it down, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's actually considered the first one's considered one of the harder games ever made of games that are like decent. Yeah, <laughs> and I is it Technodrome two a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it's when you first yeah get into the Technodrome. Oh man! Oh, I can hear the music and everything. Yep, <laughs> and what? And there's the train level with the alligator. Yeah, he throws barrels at you. I gotta play. I this there's game. like a dinosaur one. Yep. <laughs> there's the one where you gotta throw the guys at the. Is it? Who are you fighting in that one? Cray or Shredder? I think. Yeah, I think it is. I need a re- refresh, of course. They uh they remade that game like fully remade it. It was like. Fairly expensive when it came out for the type of game that like it is. For a PSN, like PlayStation Network, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I might. I have a PlayStation Three. I might have to buy it. Maybe it's on sale. Yeah, for sure. But my number four is the comic books. Okay. Most specifically, Volume One and Volume Four of the Mirage comic series, not the. Archie comics, that would be an honorable mention. They were fun too, but the original series, Eastman and Laird, Volume All one. the red. Yeah, all red. Well, everything's black and white uh, inside the comic, but the covers, yeah. they're all red. It's uh, It started off as a parody of Daredevil, the Marvel superhero. They had the hand, the Ninja Turtles fought the foot. And uh, it was basically a parody, and then it kind of became... They went along with it and made it more serious. Shredder dies in, like, issue three, two or three. (laughs) Really? Yeah, and yet has gone on to become such an iconic uh, villain. And then, actually, I got back into comic books around 2004, 2005, because volume four... What came out, and that's I went to the comic book store just to. I think it was like issue six or seven when I when I uh, went in there, and I got wanted to get kept caught up with that volume, and that's when I started like reading all kinds of comics again, Marvel and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, that's cool. I can count them as getting me back into comics for a bit. I'm out of it again, but you never know. Once I'm old and gray, maybe I'll get back in, but. It was, it's good stuff. It's more serious. It's more... It's different than you would expect from a Ninja Turtle thing, but it's still cool, you know, to see it. From what I understand with comics anymore is you're not missing a whole lot. Yeah, I don't doubt it. So Some of the people I watch podcasts kind of like dabble in comics, and it seems like they're kind of in between, I don't know, you cultures got, yeah. right now. you got to go off-brand if you want to get anything good. Like, even just, like, years ago when I was... At the tail end of my run, it just seemed like the Marvel, like the mainstream stuff, it's so light, and issues go by like that, and not a whole lot happens. Like you gotta yeah. go to like Vertigo and these off-brand like Dark Horse, or just buy the trade paperbacks. 
if you really want to get a good story. Hmm. What's your number three? My number three is the Ninja Turtles cartoon series. It's my number three as well. Uh, I only watched the original one, really. Yep, original series, is animated series is my number three. What a theme song. Yeah, <laughs> heroes in a half shell, turtle power. It's hilarious going back and watch like the beginning of the GI Joe movie, which are it's one of the, actually the first cartoons I remember having like some slightly adult themes to it. But the beginning of that is like a music video, GI Joe, GI Joe, and then Cobra, <laughs> yeah. Cobra. And it's just, like, so bad. It's, like, I thought that was amazing when I was a kid, though. <laughs> Actually, I think the Turtles series holds up a little bit. Really? I haven't gone back and seen it. I've seen a little bit here and there. Uh, I mean, it's not great. But it's what you I think it was pretty much what I remembered for the most part. Like, I think it's it's definitely lighthearted, and it, but it's cool. It's cool stuff. I don't know. It's the characters again. It's like this movie. The only good thing about this movie, like the whole series, was this: the side characters they got right. April O'Neil, they're talking. She's in the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. Like it's good. I like it. Yeah. I'd like to maybe get once my son Brady gets a little bit older, maybe introduce him to it. Yeah, that'd be definitely be cool. What is your number two? My number two is, um, I guess, the last two Ninja Turtles movies. Or actually, no. I think I just got to give the Ninja Turtles three. Turtles then, in time. Or no, no, it's underrated. <laughs> but I also understand it's the weakest movie of the trio. Oh, for sure. But I don't know. I just have good memories with that movie personally. So yeah, don't rewatch it because I did. And yeah, yeah like I think the ideas and the themes are good, are really good. Like I think there's something there, but it's just the execution that falters. See, I would 100 percent agree with you. It's just I think when I was younger, I don't know. I think like the idea of it, I liked so much that I just disregard it kind of how good of a movie it was and that sort of stayed with me alright but um, I don't know I'm sort of cheating on my list a little bit with this, <laughs> it's okay my... still better than the movie we just reviewed yeah I would agree with that <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Casey Jones purely comedic relief in that movie he's taking care of the Japanese guys that gets uh, <laughs> yeah. teleported I like the how future. they kept the Casey Jones and I think April's the same too no uh, Casey Jones is the same from the first movie uh, uh, April's okay. the same from the second the the original one didn't come back uh, Paige Turco is the April O'Neil from 2 and 3 there's early 90's white women all of the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, my number two is the video games but more specifically Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo nice we, we talked about it Technodrome 2am I couldn't remember if there was another good one after that or not but 
I think I that was the last great one. But you also had the, the the original, like you said, the second one, which was the arcade game. Actually, the like the second one was based off the arcade game, but the actual arcade game itself was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I when you actually had to play it in the arcade, and you you forget that there was that fighting game that was actually pretty good for its time. Oh yeah, uh, forgot tournament about that. fighters. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Not bad at all. If actually. um if you have that for the first Nintendo, by the way, you better put that shit on eBay because it's worth like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know it ever. I thought it was only Super Nintendo. It it, it was the last game that the Konami oh. made for regular Nintendo, and then they made Super Nintendo and Genesis as well. Yeah, that and game was all pretty of them cool. Have like a I completely forgot cover. about that game. Like one's about one's Raph, one's like Donatello, one's Leonardo. Oh, Mikey got fucked. Yeah, I don't know. There might be like a special. <laughs> I remember having like two different versions of it. Yeah, and they use like some bizarre characters in that. Yeah, I think it's a like I think Street Fighter and all those games used to do it, where the different consoles had they actually do it today still. Each console had like different like offbeat characters to it. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. also, side note, uh, there was also a really good fighting game with the Power Rangers. Yep. It was like different. Yeah, I remember that. Which is super. God, I completely forgot. And what about um, the Clay Fighter? Oh yeah. That's another Clay cool Fighter. Game. I guess Killer Instinct was around that time too. I think Killer Instinct's overrated. Yeah. From what I understand is it's the best... Uh, I guess arcade's oh, like a bad word, but I don't know. It's like a hardcore yeah, fighter for hardcore. the mainstream, like the mass. It's not the hardest thing in the world. Kind of like know. Tekken. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. All that, I don't... I'm not There's one aspect of gaming I don't really fully understand. I was never good at fighting games. Yeah, me either, but I definitely like the offbeat ones, that, like Power Rangers, the Turtles. Like I completely forgot. Now I'm going to have to download a SNES ROM on the computer and try to mess from around. From what I understand, those games for their time, like not only were they offbeat and interesting, but they were actually like pretty solid in mechanics and stuff as well. Yeah. From what I remember, it played pretty well. Yeah, because people always remember Mortal Kombat as being, like, the dominant one, but Mortal Kombat's really the least. Oh, yeah. Clunky as hell. Yeah, the only thing, like really the, five moves for every character. Yeah, the only saving on. grace is, like, the fatalities. Yeah, it was the first one. To, yeah. Like, I always remember playing it you on know, the Genesis, so there was blood. There wasn't blood in the other yeah. ones. It was a terrible fighting game, but it had those fatalities, which you had to do. Yeah, and it was like, get over here. Yeah, like the special moves. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, that is iconic. That's good. Yeah. But, so I guess Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct would kind of be from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What's your, I, we got the same number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the original Ninja Turtles movie, 1989. Oh, but where I cheated... Was I put number two with number one because I feel like even though one is a better movie, they're kind of in the same class. So I just wanted to. You combo packed it. 
Yeah, I Unless, wanted to get three on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like one of those discs that's double-sided. On one side is the Turtles original, and then Secret I have it. I have it. <laughs> like, uh, no, on rewatch, the first one is way better. Holds up 100%, whereas Secret of the Ooze, you still have fun with it with nostalgia, but definitely not quite as good. But yeah. it has its moments, for sure. I still love the movie. Well, I think... Number two is kind of like number three. Where I think I actually owned number two when I was younger, so I think I saw it a lot more. Yeah. And like, uh, that's the one where Raph's like kind of beat up and they go into like hiding. No, that's the first one. Is that the first one? Yeah. See, I'm getting all mixed up. Well, regardless, I, I still like the second one a lot. Um, because they're kind of the same costumes and all that, I kind of consider them one of the yeah. same. Yeah, oh yeah. It's just a little more family friendly. Like the first one, I love. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because definitely. it's darker and like surprisingly like good, <laughs> like as a movie in general. Um, and it's so quotable. It's like, or at least for me, maybe it's just because I've seen it ten thousand times. But yeah, it's a Kodak moment. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I have. I think I could literally recite the movie from front to back, or at least at one point in my life I could. I don't know about right now, but. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty good how the the first one holds up. Oh my god, there's a huge spider <laughs> right next to me. Holy okay. shit, kill it. <laughs> so tell us your honorable mentions as I go kill this spider. <laughs> um I don't I guess I'll give an honorable mention to a I believe it's the newest animated series. Maybe it's not the newest. Which one? One of them wasn't horrible. I the have, bit I saw. I have the one from the mid two thousands on my honorable mentions. Yeah, I think that's what I'm talking about. But. By the way, I got that bitch. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had that. I had Secret of the Used Archie comics. Um, and I had the Turtles in Concert coming out of our shells tour. Did you get, did you see it? No, I didn't go to that, but I remember you had like VHS or something. Like it's so bizarre, but <laughs> some really silly songs like Pizza Power and uh, <laughs> Coming Out of Us, just out of us, It's <laughs> ridiculous, but I <laughs> I love it. It's so. So bad, it's good. I'll yeah. put I'll put one of those songs on at the end of this episode just to give you a taste of of um, what you're missing. Honorable mention to the Vanilla Ice song. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> that's like a legitimate honorable mention. <laughs> ninja, ninja, rap, go ninja, go ninja, go. I think it was a better than. Ice Ice Baby, so I mean, it's probably his best song. Villains, you better run and hide. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Ah, uh, Turtles. Now I'm in a nostalgic mood, and I'm going to see what I pop can do. one of the Blu-rays in. <laughs> yeah, I did buy it in Blu-ray. So, it looks great. It looks great. I got it for $7. All three of them. <laughs> yep, all three. Um, alright, so I guess we can get to what else we watched. Did you uh, already shoot your load on the last episode? 
That's yeah, a very disturbing so. way to I've say it. Watched anything worth really talking about? I watched the Roosevelts. <laughs> What's that? Ken Burns, the Roosevelts. It's like fourteen hours of documentary. Series. A document. It's like two hour long episodes. There's like a hundred of them. I don't know. There's a lot, but it goes from Teddy to FDR, Franklin Delano. Wow. And it's <laughs> interesting. Actually, it, it was weird how interested I was because I was kind of saying this is boring, but I ended up watching like six episodes in a row. Just, I don't know. It's good background noise, I guess. Yeah. Weird, weird presidents, but Tim Burns <laughs> knows how to make him a documentary. Knows how to make a boring, but a very informative documentary. You know, he like invented the, like, like in those documentaries where they they zoom in on a painting and they add like sound effects and they just like pan kind of makes it look like a little animation yeah pretty sure it's called like the Ken Burns effect or something like that nice you just got burned <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, Ken burned alright um, <laughs> I watched a bunch of movies um, I'll start with the best and I'll work my way down Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People Uh, This is a movie Made by the director of What We Did in the Shadows uh, Taika Waititi And this had a lot of buzz At a Sundance in the film festival circuit And it's finally available On streaming And um, It's about (laughs) this kid This troubled kid Who gets adopted by uh, Sam Neill and his wife, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Uh, he's like a curmudgeon old, like New Zealand guy in this movie, and his wife. And then uh, it, it's very, it's definitely comedic. It's got that dry humor that this guy likes to do, but it's a little more drama to it than what we did in the shadows. Um, and it's got some heart. But this kid, he's troubled because <laughs> he's troubled because. He likes to kick things. And like it's just the stupidest reason for why he's like a troubled kid. But uh it's definitely a funny movie, but not as funny as what we did in the shadows. I was a little disappointed actually, because maybe it's just a little too dry for me at times. Yeah. But <laughs> definitely moments where it's like you're laughing and saying what the fuck at the same time and <laughs> like the 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 wife of the person of Sam Neill's uh, I wish I knew character names I can never remember character names yeah it's, but, once I'm done the movie it's just like erases from my memory immediately. yeah <laughs> but she's like this nice old kindly old woman and then all of a sudden the their dog starts running towards the woods and she's like oh no and takes off after it and the the kid whose name is Ricky remembered his name he chases after her and all of a sudden, she pulls a knife out of her waist and, like, kills this wild hog out of nowhere in a very bloody and, like, funny way. And then the kid just <laughs> passes out. Uh, and there's another moment where he grabs a gun and as he cocks it and loads it, it's like, shit just got real. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's a bunch of stuff that it doesn't sound funny when you say it, but it it, it is. You just got to take yeah, it. Yeah, it's rough delivery. It's, yeah, gotcha. definitely a movie worth seeing. I was just slightly disappointed because my expectations were high, but I give it a heavy 7 out of 10. Nice. Um, I'm watching. I have still have 30 minutes to go, but I had to turn it off. The Neon Demon, which is Nicholas Winding Refn's latest film. I was thinking about watching this. It's worth watching. I think it's definitely worth checking out, but it's like a lot of his movies. He's such a stylist. Like, you know, I know going in, if I'm watching one of his movies, it's going to look good. Like, it's going to have a style to it. It's going to have great imagery. It might be a little pretentious and it might be a little boring in places. But I enjoy the style of it. I, I enjoy a good visual style, so I always like his movies. Drive is one of my favorites of all time. Um, Only God Forgives is like a beautiful movie. I like it more and more and more I think of it. A lot of people were really disappointed with that. But uh, The Neon Demon is... This girl played by Elle Fanning, who's new to uh, California, Hollywood, I guess, and she's trying to break into the modeling fashion industry. And she's like all the rage. Just like everyone, she's like the next big thing, and all the other models are jealous of her. And it's just basically like a commentary on... Uh, Modeling yeah, and that and just like female body shaming and like yeah. the difficulties of any woman, you know, who is constantly has to be thinner, thinner, thinner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, never being content. It's good. It's good. I mean, I have 30 minutes left, so I have to see how it ends before I could give it a score. But I'm I'm liking it. It's not my favorite of his movies for sure, but definitely interesting. Like I said, good imagery, good shots. I'll let you know after I finish it if if it's worth checking out. Nice. I also watched <laughs> Me Before You, which is a romantic comedy starring Daenerys Targaryen, <laughs> Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, I think I've seen the trailer for that. Yeah, she's like this quirky girl who takes a job taking care of a guy who is a paraplegic because he got hit. He had the whole world in his hands. He was rich. He had a, a girl and did all this crazy stuff, but then he got hit by a motorcycle and and became paraplegic. And she takes a job to take care of him. And it's kind of like uh, they fall in love. But it's not as bad as it sounds. It's actually way better than it has every right to be. She is super charming in the role. Very different from Daenerys' character. Probably intentionally. I'm sure she wanted to like, yeah. prove that she could do more than one thing. And, and she can. She's really, really charismatic. And uh, I would have liked the movie better if it wasn't for the ridiculous and, frankly, insulting ending. Which I won't say what happens, but it's a terrible message. And I feel like it was only done to defy expectations, to try to not be the predictable rom-com, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's. I'll tell you as soon as we're off the air. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but the movie itself was charming. I 
enjoyed it more than I definitely expected to. So six and a half out of ten. Nice. I watched Bloodfather. Have you heard of this? No. This is Mel Gibson's latest starring role. Oh, uh, I, I've heard about this. I didn't know. Yeah, it's on demand. He plays a guy who's like a recovering, I guess, drug addict, criminal alcoholic who his daughter, he lost his daughter to custody to his wife and then she went missing or something and she got involved with this like drug gang and then she accidentally shoots her boyfriend who's the leader of the gang and is on the run and drags him back into it, you know, back into the shit. And William H. Macy is in it as Mel Gibson's, like, uh, what is it called when you have a guy at a sponsor, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's his sponsor. and It's a solid little predictable thriller, action thriller. Like, it has its moments. Like, Mel Gibson is great at it. He's easily the best part of it. And it's, um, like, I was reading Tyler Smith from Battleship Retention's review. And heard him talk about it on his podcast, like, and it makes perfect sense, like, why he's so good at this. It's because he's playing a guy who's disgraced and no, like, no one that he was used to be close with would talk would talk to him anymore. And he, it's just about like how hard it is to atone for your sins and regain acceptance, which. Hey, that's Mel Gibson in Hollywood, right? Yeah, so. sure. It's, it is, when you think about it, kind of a shame because he was one of those actors where even though he wasn't even in a ton of the best movies, he was kind of the best part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it's no different here. He's great. It's just that the rest of the movie is pretty generic and predictable and run-of-the-mill, but at least he brings an aspect to it that... Liam Neeson doesn't, for <laughs> yeah, as an example. Which I mean, Liam Neeson clearly a good actor, but just in this kind of movie, he keeps getting cast in these movies and doesn't do it for me anyway. Yeah, he's not a high octane kind of action guy. He's yeah, uh, but Bloodfather, heavy six, light six and a half for me. Let's see. Also, I got three more. I watched Money Monster. The new George Clooney, Julia Roberts thriller. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of this. Where Jack O'Connell is a guy who gets shafted by the uh, financial advice that George Clooney's... He's like the mad money guy. George, or Jeff, what, Jim Cramer or whatever. He's a guy on CNN who's telling you, buy, buy, buy the stock, blah, 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 in all these goofy ways. And then this guy who's like poor and lost $60,000 from one of his sure things that that bombed comes into the station with a bomb and a gun and takes over and he's trying to get every, it's it's very again just generic everything you would expect it to be it is there's no surprises here i like the people involved i like george clooney always easy to watch jack o'connell i think is a great up-and-coming actor uh, julia roberts is fine but just the movie as a whole it was just ho-hum not very interesting to me so you, people can pass on that if you were wondering. I give it a five and a half out of ten. Um, let's see. I got the intern, the Robert De Niro Anne Hathaway flick about an old guy who gets a job, like an intern job, at, with a bunch of hip up and coming 
cats, kids, <laughs> and uh, is 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 not great. <laughs> what what do you expect? It sounds like a movie that could actually be amazing. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. At the same time, like Robert De Niro is good in it. He's just playing this. It's it's odd because there's not really any much conflict at all. He just plays like this super nice guy who is just great to people and gives advice and helps them and is a calming presence in their lives. And but at the same time, like. There's no conflict. It is not really anything interesting either. So, yeah, it's another five and a half out of ten. Could have been worse though. It was your reserve pick last year in the fall box office draft. Well, I don't even remember that. <laughs> and lastly, I watched "Now You See Me" two, and now I wish I didn't because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was even worse than the first one. Was it? thought you didn't like the first one yeah i didn't like the first one don't know why i watched this one but i did and i regretted it no i don't regret it i never regret watching the movie actually i remember i was going to watch it and you said don't bother <laughs> so i'll do it for you so yeah obviously the second one is on the playlist <laughs> <laughs> look <laughs> i'm at home i need something to watch all the great, the good movies that I'm interested in are rated R, so I gotta go with what's not rated R. And this was uh, next in line, so it's it's no, it's I mean it adds uh, Kaplan, Lily, Lizzie Kaplan, who I like her. Actually, I mean I like everybody. That's the sad thing. I like everyone involved in this. I like Jesse Eisenberg. I like Mark Ruffalo. I like Woody Harrelson. I like Dave Franco. And now I like Lizzie Kaplan, even Morgan Freeman, and Daniel Radcliffe is in this. I mean, everyone involved, it's like, there's no reason this can't at least be some good fun. But it's ridiculous. It's terrible. It's like the millennials version of uh, Expendables. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, like, a movie about magic, it's, I don't, the thing I don't, I, it's so frustrating because... It's clearly you like doing. There's there's nothing magic if they're using CGI. It's like literal magic. It's not sleight of hand. It's yeah doing things that are impossible, and you know it's impossible, and it's clearly fake because it you can tell it's CGI. Like do something like the Prestige, where it's like obviously it's probably stuff that can't happen, but at least make it seem like it's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have some fun with it, and it gets yeah, even make it a little more fun. subtle. Yeah. The like, what's real and what's not. What was that Will Smith, Margot Robbie movie from last year? Um, um, Focus? Focus, right? Yeah. And he was kind of a con artist who did sleight of hand stuff. Like, even yeah. even that wasn't great, but it was definitely better than Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. And even, I feel like, even if you're going to have, like, something like real magic or something that's, like, impossible... Like, do it in a way where you can't tell what is real and what's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This one, is, it's just even worse than the already terrible last one. So, uh, heavy four. Heavy four. Heavy four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all I got. 
I watched one other thing, but I think we're going to review it in a few weeks, so I will save it. Save it. Mm-hmm. Save it. Interesting. All right. Anything yeah. else to say to the people at large? Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> Eclectic. Casanova? <laughs> what is... Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what to do. Email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. Follow me on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at redboxreporter. And let us know who your favorite Ninja Turtle is, by the way. And also like us on Facebook. Subscribe. <laughs> it's Raphael. Rate and review us on iTunes. It's Donatello. And uh, <laughs> you can find us anywhere where you can find podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube page. If you feel like it. I haven't really put one up in a while, but Splinter's clearly the leader of the group. And we'll (laughs) we'll catch you next time when we have a special episode where Casey Jones is the best and hardcore. uh, We do a little bit of a different episode where we're going to. (laughs) We're going to. uh, You tell (laughs) Splinter. We're going to do an episode where we combine. Uh, my our love for movies and video games together. And... Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying. I'm <laughs> no, trying to it's think all of the references. I know that's what <laughs> got me off track too. <laughs> we're we're gonna review a video game inspired movie in Hardcore Henry, as well as the uh, marketing two hour marketing movie for Final Fantasy 15, King's Glaive. And we're going to do our top five favorite video game movies of all time and talk about all the video games we've been playing lately because, well, we'll get into it more when the time comes. But we're just trying to do some different things around here. Keep it interesting. Keep it fun. So check it out next week or hey, whenever it's Can next. I put Assassin's Creed on my list even though it's not coming out for months because it doesn't have a lot of competition? <laughs> yeah, that's what I <laughs> That's what I did. No, we're going to do our top five video games of all time, not video game movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just yeah, I know. Uh, I've lost the plot yet again. <laughs> we'll see you. We're running off the rails here, folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peace. <laughs>